Hi everybody, my name is Injun Moon and welcome to iHome Church. We hope that everybody is enjoying um, the Thanksgiving holidays and uh, it's a wonderful time to really think about the meaning of giving thanks in our lives and so I would like to speak on the topic of living gratitude. I think when uh, most of us think about or look forward to Thanksgiving holidays, of course the first thing on the list is uh, food, turkey dinners and, uh, and stuffing and ham and gravy and um, all the wonderful assortment of desserts that the kiddies look forward to. And uh, of course it's really a time when the family can get together and celebrate a time of thanksgiving, kind of reliving what our pilgrim fathers uh, were able to do, really giving thanks to God and uh, offering everything to God after a very, very difficult winter where more than half of all the men and women that uh, came to this country uh, perished. And uh, I think for many of us, who do have um, a huge family, like the way we do, um, it's, it's a wonderful time to kind of catch up on uh, what everybody else is doing. But it also can be a difficult time because a lot of unresolved things that are going on in the family uh, is definitely highlighted when somebody is not there or when somebody is there and the, the kind of uh, uh, navigating that is required in huge families can be overwhelming at times. Um, but for those of us who uh, enjoy spending time in the kitchen, slaving away uh, from morning to night uh, in preparation for such a feast, we do it really out of love because we want everybody there who is seated at the dining room table to really partake of our investment of love and uh, through this wonderful um, dinner table that is set before the family. Uh, we can feel um, uh, like we're really giving of ourselves through the food in loving our children and loving um, the special people in our lives. And so for me as a mom uh, who have made countless turkey dinners <laughs> and who have seen um, kids grow up um, truly enjoying this day and enjoying the meal, um, it just never ceases to amaze me at how, um, how wonderful an evening it can be when um, all things are put aside and we are simply there just enjoying our meal and really giving our thanks um, to have this opportunity to spend time as a family. And I realized that, um, you know, the importance of having gratitude in our lives is more profound than sometimes we realize because uh, sometimes in the course of our modern day we think, oh yes, of course we should thank God, we should thank our true parents, we should thank our spouse, we should thank our family, and it's a, it's kind of like a la-di-da, one of those things that we do. 
Um, and sometimes we don't realize how profoundly uh, it affects um, our mental health, our spiritual health, of course, but also our physical health as well. So people who are in the mode or who, who are well-trained or disciplined in giving thanks on a daily basis, they tend to be, uh, says a lot of professionals uh, in the field of psychology, in the field of just spiritual health and, and wellness, um, they cite over and over again how people tend to be happier and healthier, and they tend to live longer, and so on and so forth. And for me, the word gratitude is really important because I feel like it's really kind of my mental state of being that defines what my life is going to be. And learning to be grateful is not something that we walk into without thinking about it. It's not a natural process uh, when it is uh, being held up against the backdrop of life because life can be extraordinarily difficult. Life can be extraordinarily challenging. There are so many obstacles that we may not understand and thus the feeling uh, that we are being literally weighed down by the world uh, can be incredibly overwhelming. And so I have been practicing this, this word um, each and every day because this word kind of, as I've said, defines my mental, mental health, but it also kind of uh, inspires me at the same time to be that person of gratitude. I see two words in there in gratitude. I see great attitude. And great attitude is something that comes through years and years of effort and investment and a whole lot of love. But it's kind of interesting how when we decide to live a life of gratitude, incredible things can happen in our lives. Number one, um, it makes you happier and healthier. And we've heard it time and time again. And we think, oh yeah, well, giving thanks, that's great, that's wonderful. Um, you're positive people and you know, all you, all you people are just preaching joy and happiness and la-di-da. And we think, we think it's kind of fluffy and uh, it's not really profound in our lives and that it affects every cell of our being. But the interesting thing is that gratitude does says Dr. Murali Dorazwani of uh, the Duke University Medical Center. She has studied the effect of gratitude in hundreds and hundreds of people. And she says that the expression of gratitude leads to measurable effects on body and brain systems. Not only does it, does it uh, reduce uh, stress hormones, not only does it uh, help you counteract you know, heart diseases and different diseases, not only does it increase immune efficiency, it's just she lists a whole array of all the positive effects that it profoundly uh, has on our physical well-being. And she says not only does a sense of gratitude make us feel better, maybe making us feel fluffy or, you know, like a Disney at times, but she says that expression of gratitude actually makes us get 
better when we are fighting um, uh, some kind of disease. Uh, people who tend to live a life of gratitude overcome diseases much more, uh, much more fast and uh, quick than somebody who may not be uh, so positively oriented. And, um, and thus, there is this incredible feeling of joy and vitality, mental clarity. People tend to sleep better. So gratitude is not just a fluffy thing that we toss out as, oh, be joyful, oh, be happy. But it can have a profound, profound impact on our health, especially our physical and our mental health. And number two, um, the reason why gratitude, a sense of gratitude in our life is incredibly important is that there have been numerous studies done uh, by this doctor, PhD, Dr. Robert Emmons, Emmons of University of California at Davis, together with Mike McCullough of the University of Miami. And they really studied the effect of gratitude on different um, case studies. Um, and they realized that uh, people tended to take better care of what they appreciate. Therefore, when you have a sense of gratitude in our lives uh, or in your life, you tend to take better care of who you are as a person. People tend to take better care of how we eat, how we sleep, how we take care of our bodies, and because we are being grateful for the life that we have been given, for the food that we have been given, for the roof over our heads that we have been given. So we are appreciating um, these little things in our life that adds up to be quite monumental. And when we start appreciating things in, in our expression of gratitude, we realize that we take better care of not only ourselves, but also others in our life. And um, in later studies, Dr. Emmons noted that um, people who tend to take uh, a great appreciation with a sense of gratitude in their life not only takes better care of themselves in terms of their health and diet, but they, but they tend to want to be more pro-social in their interaction with other people. A desire to connect, a desire to want to see others uh, do as well as they are doing becomes a natural kind of a, um, a, 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 an action that follows in their, uh, from, from their desire to want to appreciate um, their life. And the, the incredible thing about um, uh, this study is that you realize that when you're talking about pro-social motivations, and these can be kind of brought about by daily practicing the appreciation or the gratitude in our lives, um, a neuropsychologist, Rick Hansen, noted that what we are doing with daily practicing of gratitude is really forming new uh, neural networks in our brain that affects our behavior. So when we start thinking and expressing ourselves in gratitude and in appreciation, in deep appreciation for who we are and for those that we love around us, it actually changes our behavior. He says, the neurons that fire together wire together. The longer the neurons fire, 
the more of them that fire and the more intensely they fire, the more they are going to wire that inner strength. And that inner strength is what we're going for because it's that inner strength that is happiness, gratitude, feeling confident, feeling successful, feeling loved and lovable. So when we are grateful for the things in our lives, when we appreciate who we are and all the people around us in our lives, we have this feeling of happiness, gratitude, we feel more confident, we feel we have this incredible feeling that the world is our oyster, we feel more successful. And that feeling of success and confidence kind of propels us to want to love and to be loved, to be more pro-social in our motivation. And so again, uh, Dr. Rick Hansen stresses that what goes on in the brain, how we start off our day, how we define our mental framework, as, as in the case of this morning, gratitude really affects behavior. So grateful people tend to take better care of themselves, they exercise more, they take uh, uh, more care in what they put into their bodies, which helps the body to overcome stress. You have less stress in your life and therefore you experience increased immune function. And so all of these things are good. But I know that some of you naysayers might be out there saying, oh, here we go again, uh, Pastor Injun Moon, another, another sermon on gratitude. I'm sick of gratitude. My life is tough. Do you understand? My life is difficult. And um, how can I really have a sense of gratitude in a time of loss? Or when I see the world explode like the way it did with the most recent ISIS attack in Paris. I mean, how, what are you, what are you saying to me? Where does gratitude fit into this modern day picture? Well, gratitude, the third point about gratitude in answering that question is that gratitude teaches us to not take things for granted. When we're grateful, for our life. We are reminding ourselves to not take our life for granted. When we remind ourselves to be grateful for our spouse, it reminds us to not take our spouse for granted. When we remind ourselves for our family, it reminds us to not take our family for gratitude. So sometimes it it's sometimes it's kind of like an intervention of sorts. Sometimes it takes a tragedy to realize what we have been taken for granted, the most important things in our life. And um, contrary to a lot of thinking that, ad that difficulty or adversity leads to destructive behavior, actually adversity as long as we have the right kind of a mental framework, the framework of gratitude can be an extremely positive thing. Because when we experience tragedy and when we experience adversity, sometimes it really helps us to really reach down deep into the core of who we are and can tap into an incredible um, empathetic soul that we did not realize that we had.
So sometimes in rare instances, adversity can actually boost a sense of gratitude. A lot of uh, studies have been done on the aftermath, on the after effect of uh, the crisis of the 9-11 attacks and the trauma that many people have suffered. But a lot of these studies have noted, interestingly enough, that there was actually a boost in a sense of gratitude after the 9-11 attacks. And the doctor um, that uh, had uh, many studies on the effects of gratitude in people's lives he reminds us that the first Thanksgiving took place after nearly half of the pilgrims uh, perished in the incredibly extreme winters um, in New England. And, um, and he reminds us that uh, the Thanksgiving became a national holiday in 1863, smack in the middle of the Civil War, one of the bloodiest and one of the most difficult wars, brothers fighting against brothers, families fighting against families that literally tore this uh, great country of America apart. And Thanksgiving moved to its current date in 1930s following the Depression. So in spite of all of these traumatic experiences, depression, the Civil War, and nearly half of the pilgrims uh, being, uh, being lost after the first winter, um, the sense of gratitude marches on and in fact gains momentum because we realize that we have to, in times of difficulty, really reap, reach deep within our souls, to the core of who we are, to keep marching forward um, and keep progressing in order for our world to be a better place. So Dr. Emmons says that in the face of demoralization, gratitude has the power to energize. In the face of brokenness, gratitude has the power to heal. In the face of despair, gratitude has the power to bring hope. And I think for a lot of us in the unificationist community, we can really, really relate to what Dr. Emmons is saying. Because we, are, we have experienced and are experiencing these three faces of demoralization brokenness and despair in our community. We've been through a lot since our true father's ascension. And uh, I think to a lot of people, it looks as if our church is falling apart, things are running amok, it's being torn into shreds, and the kind of voices that we thought we would never hear, we are hearing it loud and clear. So in the face of brokenness, in the face of demoralization, in the face of despair, Dr. Emmons is reminding us to maintain this mental framework of gratitude. Because even when we are looking at these faces squarely in the eye, gratitude has the power to energize us, to heal us, and to give us hope. And that's what we need to concentrate as we move forward each day. And, um, you know, some people are saying, well, okay, Pastor Injun Moon, well then, if you are talking about moving forward, well then how do we take the first step? 
Well, we take that first step by deciding to be grateful, to live a life, to be that representation of living gratitude and start our day simply enough with a thank you to our Heavenly Father and Mother, to our true parents, to our loved ones, and simply at the end of the day with a thank you to our Heavenly Father and Mother, to our true parents, and to the people that we love. So that we define our life from morning to night with a sense of gratitude. And no matter what happens in the course of the day, we know that we're going to end it with gratitude and we're going to start the next morning with a sense of gratitude, like a clean slate, turning over uh, your journal page to look at this fresh journal, reminding ourselves, what are we going to write? What is the story of the day going to be? From morning to night, morning to night. And that's how we discipline our bodies, our minds, and to really kind of uh, create this incredible framework. And when we have this framework solidly in our lives, we can overcome any, any difficulty. And so if I were to say to you, um, we are going through and we are riding through some incredible storms uh, in our boats on this open sea. And yes, things are difficult. Yes, things are pulled uh, to incredible uh, extremes. But when we remind ourselves and we start from the most important things in life, which is God and our true parents, and a reminder of who we are as eternal sons and daughters, then things start falling into place. And I think a lot of us uh, going through difficult times sometimes fall out of feeling grateful because we don't realize how incredible each and every one of us are. We don't realize or we have forgotten where we stand in, in the context of providential history. You know, we have been waiting, the world has been waiting for the second coming, the world has been waiting for true parents. And here they are. We are living, we are walking, we are working with them on a daily basis. But sometimes we have forgotten how important they are or how important we are in relation to our true parents and in relation to the work that needs to be done. So instead of forgetting, we have to be wide awake. We have to be on guard. We have to be watchful. And these were the words that Jesus asked of his disciples when he went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm sure in the, in the minds of uh, the disciples, you know, everything is falling apart. And, you know, Jesus is talking about not being with them for much longer. And they can feel uh, that they're coming to some kind of a finale. And here is Jesus really praying to God. Uh, is there another way? Not because he was afraid of, the, of dying on the cross, but he knew he came with a different uh, messianic purpose. He was to find a wife, he was to become the true parents, and he was to be that original olive branch, that 
the world can graft onto, receiving this incredible gift of blessing. Jesus knew that that was the purpose, why he was born. But he was also facing the reality of uh, the people, the Israelites, not understanding who he was. He was witnessing and experiencing the reality of the disciples not understanding the appointed hour or the reckoning hour, the time when they needed to stand, watchful, be on guard, because they are there with the Son of God. And it is their job to attend him and to protect him and to work together with him. But we know all too well in the Garden of Gethsemane, here was Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, really praying earnestly from his heart. And what were the disciples doing? The disciples were burdened with grief, says the book of uh, Luke. They could not stay awake. They fell asleep. And Jesus came and woke them up. And their eyelids were heavy with sleep. And Jesus came to wake them up again. Jesus Christ woke them up three times. And Jesus realized that he doesn't have one disciple that can be on God, that can stand watch, that can be awake with him at the most crucial hour of his life. Jesus Christ realized that he was all alone. So fast forward 2,000 years. Here we have our true parents. And our true father has ascended, but our true mother is here. And she's got a lot of work to do. Just like the way Jesus Christ had a lot of work to do. But Jesus Christ cannot do it alone. He's got to work together with his disciples to roll out the providence. Fast forward 2,000 years to this modern day, our true mother is facing the same situation. She's got a job to do. She's still got to roll out a lot of the providential work that still needs to be done. But she cannot do it alone. She needs our help. She needs your help. And she needs my help. She needs us to be on guard, to watch and pray, to stay awake and pray. And what is prayer really? My father has uh, taught us many, many times. Do not pray to God asking God for things. How many men and women, how many souls have prayed to God asking for things? If you were God, wouldn't you want to hear a prayer? where your son and a daughter is taking responsibility and saying, how can I help you? When Jesus asks the disciple, stay awake, watch and pray, what Jesus is reminding the disciples to do is to be on God and to pray, to continue that thankful, that understanding of a gratitude framework that illuminates who Jesus Christ is. And that illuminates the significance of every disciple. That was Jesus' disciple back then.
And the same thing with us. We need to be vigilant in staying awake, not falling asleep because we were burdened by our grief, as it says in Luke chapter 22, verse 45. And what grief are we talking about? We're talking about individual grief. We're talking about individual difficulty. We're talking about our individual resentment. We're talking about all the things that we cannot understand about Jesus, all the things that we cannot understand about true parents. We cannot be burdened by our grief at the most important appointed time when God is working fervently to unfold providential work through our true parents. We have to be right there. But many of us in our community have fallen asleep. Many of us have fallen asleep not realizing that there stands our true parents praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Praying because they know that they cannot do this without the support of our community, without the support of blessed children and the first gen that have just struggled on throughout the years. Incredible men and women, incredible heroes of providence. It doesn't matter how far we've come. If we don't complete the journey, we will still be losers in that we weren't able to fulfill what we were supposed to fulfill in really bringing about the victorious end, in really working towards world peace that our true father and our true mother has been fervently working towards. So when you think about all the things that, um, that the disciple were not able to do, you know, first of all, um, I find it incredibly interesting that here is Jesus Christ praying uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then the Garden of Gethsemane is really an olive grove. And we know that Jesus Christ comes as a true olive branch that all the world needs to graft onto. And so the metaphor of Jesus as that true olive grant, you know, standing in this olive, olive grove, and that is where Jesus is taken away to be crucified. Well, we got to think about this very, very clearly, because here in our lives, our true parents are that original olive branch that we all need to graft onto. And so are we going to let the world crucify them? as we fall asleep, as we rest, as our eyelids are heavenly burdened with grief? These are the questions that we need to think about. And these are the reasons why we have to maintain a sense of gratitude. Otherwise, everything will fall apart. When you look at the disciples, you realize that they were missing the boat 2,000 years ago. Gratitude was missing. Because if they truly understood that they were attending the Son of God in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the, uh, during the reckoning hour when they needed to be right there with Jesus, protecting Jesus, standing with Jesus, if they really knew, how can you be falling asleep? That would be like uh, if you were hired as a White House uh, security. 
And uh, of the and here is uh, the president and uh, first lady of the great country of the United States. And your job is to protect the president and the president's family. And uh, that would be as if something incredible, humongous crisis is taking place at the White House. And uh, the White House is under attack. And you are there standing uh, in front of your guard booth. And um, your job is to protect the president of the United States. And what the disciples did 2,000 years ago would be like you falling asleep in the middle of this crisis or you being so overburdened with your own grief that we forget where we are we forget who we are we forget how significant we are in protecting the president or in protecting the first family and that's what the disciples did they were missing the boat because their gratitude their mental framework was missing Instead of being a disciple who were truly, truly joyful in their heart in that they could be that son attending Jesus on a daily basis, they were burdened with grief. And instead of truly appreciating each moment with Jesus Christ and, um, and really kind of taking better care of all the things that go around in the environment of Jesus, they fell asleep and they took their rest. And uh, instead of really kind of being the protector, uh, being the supporter, being the nurturer uh, of the Son of God at this difficult time, the disciples simply took Jesus for granted, or maybe took God for granted, thinking that somehow, somebody will solve it. Yeah, maybe one of Jesus' miracles will solve it, or God will intervene and everything will be solved. And, um, but I am so burdened with grief, I'm just going to sleep it off. It's almost as if the disciples were these depressed, <laughs> depressed people. And they didn't know how to deal with their own grief. They didn't really know how to deal with what was taking place, everything falling apart. And we know that sometimes what human beings do when they're faced with an incredible crisis, incredible difficulty, we simply want to sleep it off. And that's what the disciples were doing. So if we understand that we are kind of in a very similar situation like the disciples 2,000 years ago, and we understand that this time we got to do it right. We got to do better than what the Jesus uh, disciples could not do. Then we realize the importance of staying awake, being on guard, and really living a life of prayer each and every moment of our lives. And we realize that we have to learn or remind ourselves to appreciate all the things that were good. So when you study Dr. Emmons research, he was asking um, the, the happy group. He had the happy group and the hassled group and the neutral group. And he was asking the happy group, uh, write a list of all the things um, that makes you feel gratitude. 
and then he asked the hassled group, <laughs> write down all the things that annoy you or hassle you um, uh, in the course of a week. And on the neutral group, he said, um, write all the things that you experience uh, during the course of the week. But he didn't specify whether they should write a list of positive things or things that they considered to be hassling. And at the end of the study, he realized that uh, uh, the, the happy group, <laughs> the gratitude group, tended to be 25% happier than the hassled group. And they tended to be um, healthier in that they took more proactive measures to, uh, for instance, exercise more than the hassled group. And so there is a positive um, and a real tangible uh, result in being grateful and happy. And that's what we need to kind of latch on to right now uh, during these difficult times. Because when we think about so many things that are wrong with our community, all the things that hassle us about our community, the list is an endless abyss that many times we don't even bother to want to make a list of all the good things about our community. But when we start deciding to live a life of gratitude and actually make simple lists each and every day of all the things that we feel grateful for, we realize that that list grows on and on and on the more grateful we are the more things that we find grateful in our lives that many times we took for granted. So the incredible thing about 2020 is that it reminds us that 2020 is a time when we will be able to see clearly. We will put on our true love glasses and we will be able to see where the world needs to go. But in order to get there, during this time of tumultuous upheaval, during this time of many voices uh, speaking out against different things and against different people, we have to maintain a sense of inner calm, inner peace. And that can only come when we can build and reinforce and practice this sense or this mental understanding or this great attitude called gratitude. So in the spirit of thanksgiving, in the spirit of giving thanks um, during this week, I truly hope that um, uh, the sermon can be a reminder that gratitude is one of the most important decisions that we can make in our life of faith. Not only will it make you happier and healthier, but it will help you to appreciate things that many times we do not appreciate. And it will teach us and remind us not to take things for granted. And it may seem like such a, a, such a simple, simple thing. But starting with saying thank you at the, at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day can incredibly impact your life in more profound ways than we initially thought. Um, I know that uh, every day, um, when I go through my list of thanks, my list of thanks gets longer and it keeps on growing. 
and it makes me feel incredibly blessed to be alive, incredibly blessed to be living at the time of our true parents. And uh, from my point of view, to be able to call them not just true parents, but mom and dad is an incredible blessing to start with. And uh, to have an incredible husband that um, is my best friend and uh, um, uh, a co-journeyer uh, on this uh, thing called life and to have such beautiful children, beautiful healthy children just to start off with is an incredible blessing. So as we say a prayer to our Heavenly Parent and to True Parents and to all the world and really pray for world peace as we work towards it. Let us make that most important decision each and every day to live a life of gratitude, to be that peace ambassador, to be that living gratitude. And one day at a time, you and I will see our lives change in incredible ways. So brothers and sisters, please have faith. Please have hope and please be energized knowing that God and your parents are with us each and every day of our lives. So God bless and take care. If you have any questions and comments, please leave them below the video or go to enginewin.com and use the contact form. And don't forget to subscribe to our email list. And for those of you who want to contribute to our work here at iHome Church, just click on the donate button. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.